Welcome to ICA Podcast 9. The goal of ICA Podcast 9 is to provide insightful information about the industry to members and non-members of Intercoiffure America Canada, the voice for salon owners. Each week we'll bring business, educational and inspirational topics to aid anyone with ties to the beauty industry. We will have a revolving series of hosts pulling from industry leaders as hosts and guests to keep things lively and interesting and make you wonder what's coming next. Now, here's this week's edition of ICA Podcast 9. Welcome, everybody. I am the president of Intercoffure America Canada. My name is Sheila Wilson. And of course, this is a series of our podcast for Intercoffure America Canada. And today we're so excited to have Woody Mecklib. Uh, Woody, am I saying that right? I always sound more Southern than you do. It's Michelin. <laughs> Michelin. Like Michelin. All right. Yeah. Well, you've never corrected me. So we're going to start all over. We're going to count down because I want to say that right. All right. Okay. Five, four, three, two, one. I want to welcome everybody today to podcast Intercoffure America Canada. And today we have Woody Michelin. And he is uh, an amazing person. He's been involved with Intercoffure America Canada. He's had an incredible journey in this wonderful industry. And Woody, welcome. Thank you so much, Sheila. It's so good to see everybody again. Like I know we do things through cameras and things like that, but it's, it's amazing to be able to do that, you know, now. Yeah. I know. And I... You know, I have been such a fan of yours and Amy's and followed you for many, many years. And uh, not only are you incredibly talented, but you are such a great business person. So let's go back and tell everybody where you're from, how you got into the business and who are some of your mentors and just bring everybody up to date about who this wonderful Woody is. Oh, thank you, Sheila. Well, I'm, I, I'm Lebanese, actually. Um, so I was born in Lebanon and Beirut. And um, when I was 16 years old, I went to actually uh, see a friend of mine at a salon. And I was holding the brush for him. I was not a hairdresser at that time. And his boss looks at me and he goes, your hairstylist, right? I said, so my friend looks at me and he, sh- he goes, nodded at me to say yes. Otherwise, he'll kick me out of the salon. So I said, yes. And he's like, why don't you come here, work with your friends, you'll be happier here. I'm like, we'll see if I could leave the place where I'm working. And so I come back on a Saturday afternoon and I'm for us to go out. And it was around five o'clock in the afternoon. The place was really crazy busy, even during the war in Lebanon. (laughs) Ladies always came in to get their hair done. So he looks at me and he goes to the client. And back in the eighties, curly hair was really in, you know, so and there was this product called Carrera, and it was like cement. You put it on the hair, it stays like that. So I sprayed it in, and I just held the diffuser with the blow dryer underneath. And I ended up doing five clients, and they all look the same. Just the difference is the face, right? So yeah. he's like, and then so he offered me the job. And, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, but I cannot come this week. So I go home, and I'm like practicing on every girl I dated. I was dating four girls at that time. So I'm like practicing on everybody, getting my friends to help me how to do it. And I came back and I really started really blow drying hair at that time. And, um, but I loved it so much that for me, it was all uh, 
shapes and measurements in uh, more than it is art. Like I learned to become more artistic in it, but it, it, for me, it was all mathematic. Like, so cutting hair, it's all measurement shapes and degrees and angles and physical reactions. So I was really good at those subjects in school. So I've looked at it from that perspective. So it became a little bit easier for me uh, to be able to do that. And um, I found myself eight months later opening my own salon. It was a small little salon, um, but it, we did extremely well in it. We started doing things a little bit different. Instead of doing curly hair, we started doing straight hair, um, doing like short haircuts, which was unheard of in Lebanon. I started cutting with clippers and doing things different. So I became very, very popular that way. And um, I remember on a New Year's Eve one time, we worked 21 hours and we did 307 blow dries that day. And, <sighs> and we had no electricity part of the day. So we had to actually, we had lines hooked up on different part of the uh, places, like from the actual city um, to be able to steal electricity from different parts, you know, during the war, because you get three hours from this line, four hours from that line, generator two, two hours. So that's how we really were able to operate at that time. And um, then I wanted to travel. And so I ended up, um, you know, going to Cyprus. We opened up a partnership salon in Cyprus as well. So I was back and forth between Lebanon and Cyprus and then moved to Canada. And when I was in Canada, I, um, you know, I've always wanted to compete in stuff. So I competed when I was in Cyprus, I competed when I was in Canada, but also I want I became a, a judge for the hair competition. And that really uh, taught me a lot of discipline uh, in terms of doing hair. You know, again, I've never went to hairdressing school in Lebanon. So I really was learning by going to shows and looking at different hairstylists around the world and uh, being able to figure things out. And um, so I did go and study to take the exam in Canada to become a licensed hairstylist. And, but then, you know, obviously being in the judging program, uh, that taught me a lot. It, it really did. It showed me how to look at things from a different perspective and, um, hone my skills to be much better, you know. So, uh, who has been your biggest mentor? Uh, it, it's, it's really hard to say because uh, no one really mentored me. Like, um, it's just, I was, I would look at some of the big names in the industry, like, um, you know, Robert Libetta or Anthony Moscolo or Vidal Sassoon or any of uh, these big, you know, amazing hairstylists and artists and, and people who change lives in our beauty industry. And I'm like, oh, one day I want to be able to be that, you know, and be able to even shake their hands. And it's funny throughout my career, I end up being friends with all of these uh, amazing, you know, hairstylists who change people's lives and I had dinners with them and we share stages and we've done shows at the same places and sometimes I just cannot comprehend it because I I'm like oh my god I one day I wanted to meet that person next time I'm like I'm up there you know with some of them and it, it's really amazing to be able to get there and you know and do that 
you know, and I'm very humbled that I was able to, you know, throughout my journey, uh, get to that level. Well, I know that you, uh, you had a, how many salons in Canada? We had five at the same time. Right. And And then you came to America and now you, you do not have the salons in Canada. Now you have them in, in uh, Florida, correct? Correct. So when we were in Canada, we were about to open up 13 locations in one year, um, like from five to 13, we were going to open up eight more. But uh, unfortunately, we were subleasing and um, we had a great program going on, but the company we were subleasing from, they went bankrupt. So we were forced to kind of sell. Um, And at that time, we got an opportunity with Elizabeth Arden, then moving down to Florida. Uh, and now I am in Florida with, we have one salon here, which is, uh, and we're in Palm Beach, uh, on Palm Beach Island, which is an amazing place to be, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, the thing that just impresses me so much is your resilience and how you just, um, your grit. Do you know, uh, I think people don't have grit anymore these days, like, we all had growing up or had to have, um, or even maybe just because we've been small business owners, you know, you have to learn how to bounce back and when you bounce back, how to do it better, right? So absolutely give me some of your philosophy philosophies of uh business. And uh I know you educate people now. So tell me uh about your business. Um thoughts and and some advice to the people that are listening as to your outlook and and maybe the motto that you live by uh to create this wonderful journey of uh, hairdressing for you well uh one of the things i always say is like if you're broke it's a matter of time if you're poor it's state of mind you know so i always say that i'm i could be broke seven times or nine times, and I think I've been many times, and uh, I do bounce back because I always look for what's next and how could you continue supporting yourself? Because as uh, growing up, I my dad died, I was five years old uh, from a bomb in the war, and I was with him. And um, I was paralyzed when I was five years old, and then, you know, I'm walking today, which is great. Uh, but my cousin, who his dad and my dad died together, uh, he taught me one thing. He says, remember who you are, not who your father was. And um, that mm. stuck with me, you know. And my dad was an amazing man, but I needed to make my own um, the journey. And since then, it was always, I have to rely on myself and I have to do it myself. And I couldn't rely on anybody. Uh, I came to Canada when I was 20 years old on my own. And I mentioned before that it's great to have screens today and be able to have FaceTime and things like that and be able to see each other. I haven't seen my boys in Canada for a year and a half, but we see each other three, four times a day on screens. When I moved to Canada, I thought I was going to the Eskimo because we didn't have any (laughs) internet like it is today. And even when there was internet, I did not have computer growing up or anything like that. So when I got to Canada and... It was July 25th. It was sunny as it is in Florida, usually. And 
I thought I was, they took me to the wrong place. So I was scared because, you know, I didn't know where I was going. And today it's, it's amazing. You'll be able to speak to somebody across the world that we're speaking right now. So uh, back then I knew I was immigrating where I'm not gonna be able to see my family for who knows when, you know, and to call them, it will take probably, you know, uh, you'll have to buy cards and they'll two minutes and then they'll hang up on you and stuff. So that I think taught me a lot that, you know, you're just going to keep pushing forward. Doesn't many time, how many time you lose something or uh, you don't, it's only materialistic things. It's just really being able to be healthy. And as long as you can get up and do something, you're just going to go and do it. You know, you, there is no option. You know what I mean? You can't just sit and think, Oh, it's just going to come. It doesn't, you, you have to do it. A lot of young stylists used to ask me, how did you get there? I say, I showed up. <laughs> you know, if you don't show that, up, you don't get there. Yeah. That, that is a real nugget right there, right? If they just know that they've got to show up. That's beautiful. I, wa I want you to talk a little bit too about the runway. Y'all have done so many fashion um, weeks around the country. Uh, Talk about that for a little bit, because I think that's really interesting how y'all got so involved with them. Yeah, so, you know, I don't know if many of you know that my wife, Amy, uh, she was, you know, she's my partner on stage and she's, you know, an incredible stylist as well. And about five years ago, uh, she got sick and she got paralyzed. And um, the company we were with representing at that time, they did not even come to visit, <laughs> you know. So we thought, how oh, we just moved to a different country, to a different city, and you know now we have no job and um, nothing that we could. We need to rely on ourselves, like I've always did. So we came up with the idea of, you know, uh, style the runway product, which is was all about styling hair. And for me, it's always been very important. I always say you can have the best color and the best haircut, but if you don't finish it right then it's never gonna look great. So styling has always been a really amazing passion of mine. So we came up with Style the Runway product and then we, our vision was to be backstage at all the different fashion week and to be able to produce also the content from that for the brand. So uh, we started approaching it that way and we end up being at a lot of the different fashion week and our brand became very well known to create like for all the events. So every fashion week will call us, could you bring your team and uh, come be backstage with us because you guys are doing amazing work. Um, your work, like your team is amazing. So we had a lot of volunteer as well, like stylists and which is amazing because they're super passionate and they want to work alongside of us and they want to learn. And I always say what you learn in life is what you take with you to the grave everything else gets left behind. So really our knowledge and our, what we learn is stays with us. So, and some of these amazing young stylists, they will come in and help and, you know, work nonstop 13 hours days because we don't do just one designer. We do sometimes, you know, eight, seven, eight designers in one day and two, 250 models like, you know, that we do which is really incredible. And again, we learn from it on a daily basis because you always have to come up with something new and unique and different to be able to, you know, please those amazing designers. And in the beginning, the designers will dictate what we 
the styles is and this is how I want it and they will not listen. But we got to a point where we start making them listening to us and they believe in the hairstylist complete the look for the designer. So it became more fun for us to do that because we're able to create different styles backstage that represent us and the brand and the stylist. And, and it was really nice to have that collaboration. At, you know. Are you still doing the runways? Yes, uh, of course, you know, with uh, the pandemic, everything kind of uh, right. stood still. And um, we, uh, we just did, uh, we haven't gone up to Toronto, but Toronto Fashion Week was happening last week. So we had a lot of the stylists that work with us. Uh, we sent them the product. They were doing tutorials. They were doing an amazing job. Um, we do some. We did some smaller fashion shows here within our local communities. Uh, we did not really do a lot because we didn't want anybody getting sick, whether from our team or us getting sick from somebody else. So we stayed very careful during the pandemic uh, how we get exposed or expose our stylist uh, that came on board or makeup artist. Uh, but we're just about to start again. You know, uh, we had Miami Swim Week approach us to do some things, but we're doing renovation in our salon in our home. So um, we have not committed to that, but definitely we're, we'll be back strong with uh, Fashion Weeks. Well, I know we have students and a lot of people uh, looking to get into the industry that listen to these podcasts. and. I have to tell you, for me, working behind stage in a runway situation and the speed and the and the um, agility that you have to have to keep up was so rewarding. And then the other thing is how much you learn from being around other people and working as a team. Uh, so. I want to put it out that if anybody out there that's listening to this that would be interested that to contact us and I would I'm going to put them in touch with you because that is a great training ground. Absolutely, and uh, we in the past we always put it out there like for everybody who wants to join, um, they'll send us some of their work and stuff, and we'll look at it. And if we feel like they could have the potential, we bring them on board and we coach them and help them and get them. You know, we've had so many stylists today that they're working with celebrities because they came backstage at Fashion Week and things like that uh, because they get to meet so many people and they, uh, you know, I always say like, you gotta show up. So you show up, you meet someone and that someone will get you to somebody else. And, and that's how the journey starts, you know, for everything. I always say, there's always something waiting for us at every corner. And if we're able to get to that corner, it, we may end up in another one in another one. And that's how things evolve. You know, uh, people ask me why you have someone in Palm Beach. I say to build relationships, you know, and the relationships that you build uh, throughout your journey and your career is really what matters. That's what gets you to other places. And you, I, I love meeting you. And my journey in Interquafur has been incredible. I've met like some of, uh, you know, family members, you know, like uh, I learned something very important from Frank Ambuza that he says, what is time? And everybody answers money. He says, no, time is value. And I preach the same thing today because, you know, people charge $20 for a haircut and I charge $300 for a haircut, you know? So, and it's not about the charging, it's just, I put value for my time. 
in how much I want to spend, uh, in how much I want to be paid for it. And that's a really, really uh, amazing thing that I learned from him. And I implement it on a daily basis. And I don't have to do 30, 40 guests a day like I used to, uh, but I can do three, four and be happy, you know, and make my, you know, my day. Well, I, I do. You brought up something really important about Intercoffure. America Canada is that it is a place to come and network and get to know people. And it's those wonderful little nuggets that you take away when you're around people and get to meet people. And, you know, just like you were mentioning with Frank and uh, I mean, so many others. And I know you've, you've brought so oh, many. The list goes on. <laughs> it goes you on know, and on, all... right? It does. I, I tell you, every single person at Interpoffer is successful within their own right. And they have so much knowledge that if you spend, uh, you know, 20 minutes with one person, you could learn so much that you've never learned before. And I will urge every single stylist out there, if they have the opportunity to become a member of Interpoffer or uh, sit down with any Interpoffer member, they will learn so much that will take their career to a whole different level. And it definitely has taken mine uh, to that level, you know. And it is the doors that are open for you and the people that you meet at the end of the day, because it is about the people in our life that we touch uh, and are touched by. Don't you agree? Absolutely. Look, Anthony Mute, I met him at Intercoffure. He's my uh, daughter's godfather. You know what I mean? Like, it, it just can't get any closer than that, you know. It's 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 amazing. Yes. Well, listen, I am so excited that you're a member of Intercofura, and you've brought so much to so many. And I'm looking forward to following the rest of your journey. I know that we're going to be talking to Amy, who is your wife and your partner, uh, on another podcast. And then I'm pretty sure we'll have both of you back. But I really appreciate your time today. And I so appreciate um, what you bring to our industry. And, and, and I like following your journey. So thank you, Woody. And uh, Good luck with what you're doing and your renovations and all of that. It gets overwhelmed. Oh, I, can, can I just point out something? Thank you so much. And uh, this is one th thing that I just want to point out for sure. all the Intercoffer member, and not just that they could join, uh, you know, start the runway and be back backstage, but we also on in a, is in a very um, touristic area where there's a lot of client that and guests that they come in from a different part of the country and the world and there's a lot of stylists that they fly in to do uh, a day or two here in Palm Beach to be able to service their guests and we have made our swan uh, an open ground basically for anybody who wants to be able to come in and spend a day or two in service their guests or we refer guests to all of the Interpofer members uh, because they are from all different parts of the world. And I found that this is something could be very, very helpful for all of us, you know, and is, um, just to put it out great. there. What a brilliant idea to do. I mean, I know half of my clientele goes down to Florida <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at one time during the year, sometimes. So that would be, and I usually recommend them, but ooh, I just might take you up on coming down there and working in, with you. And, and do their, oh, their, I, it would be my honor. Uh, well, listen, no, it would be my pleasure. And I, all right, Woody, book it. I'm going to do that. I'm going to work on that. That's going to be part of my 
on my bucket list to do with you right now. Well, I'll be waiting. All right. Thank you so much. Talk to All you right. later. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for the ICA Podcast 9 podcast. Be sure to tune in next week for more industry insight and information. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast too and share it with your friends in the industry. Our only goal is to bring people together and share information with those that need it. Intercoiffure America Canada is proud to be the voice for salon owners. For more information about us, visit intercoiffure.com. That's intercoiffure.com.